Hello and welcome to Step Up Nigeria's podcast. The episode you're about to listen to is part two in a two-part series featuring African youth anti-corruption ambassadors. So if you haven't listened to part one, listen to that first before you listen to this one. Our first episode featuring youth ambassadors is where they debate on if youth are the key to achieving zero corruption in Africa. If you've listened to part one, welcome back. We've titled part two, I Resisted Corruption, because youth ambassadors on this episode share their experiences and stories as young people in the fight against corruption. We hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you. But let me let me play um, advocate for young people who say, well, I'm young. They don't listen to me in my country. I'm too young. You know, I can't do anything. You are young people who have worked and are working in your countries and regions to ensure that there's better governance and reduced corruption. So what would you say from your personal experience has been some of the most significant strides and achievements that you've had? Have you had any setbacks or pushbacks in this, um, you know, these actions that you've been taking to improve governance? So um, to young people who are wondering, how do I go about this? What pushback do I expect? And what can I really achieve? Um, I would like to hear your own experiences in this fight against corruption. So this is a personal question. Um, so let's start with Shamil. Oh my God, thank you. <laughs> so um, really on that note, in as much as you know, holding on to your principles and values, it's a very, very difficult and painful journey it's also very much you know rewarding uh, particularly when you come across you know organizations institutions that share the same values as you do um you know i'm very hopeful that as much as there's a lot of bad out there there's also you know principled people that don't really want to associate with corruption in any way uh, in any of its forms basically so for me, um, I've always been very passionate about fairness. I've always been very passionate about openness, integrity, and just making sure that you account, you hold yourself accountable uh, when you're doing something. I, I, I learned this, unfortunately, through, you know, it, through, through a hardship where as, a, as an individual, you know, I, I grew up as a child parent and uh, really i had to be accountable to myself and and also my younger sisters they had to ask me questions and i i always knew that i had to be ready uh to answer the questions that they're asking me not to hide behind anything but to make sure that you know they see my perspective why i did something uh, of that kind even in my personal life really like um whatever i do is it comes from a place of resolution where i'm i'm willing and i'm ready to deal with the consequences of my decisions, good or bad. And that sort of mentality or that sort of, uh, you know, internal makeup of myself, I've also applied it in industry. And I've received pushback. Um, I'm more famous outside than in my own country. <laughs> I'm not complaining, however. Um, I, I've seen opportunities pass me by, painful. I've seen, uh, you know, opportunities that I knew that I deserve or I knew that I was next in line, but they just took a U-turn when it came to my, to my, to my, to my uh, you know, when it came to my position and all that. And however, I was persistent. I had to make sure that, you know, I still stick to my principles, that I'm not going to engage in anything that tomorrow is going to jeopardize my person, jeopardize my principles and my values for anything. I think really for me, my values and my principles are the most expensive thing 
in my life. And I hold dear to those. And it's always a, fre- a breath of fresh air when you actually meet people that also value the same, you know, the same principles as, as me. And really the company that I work for right now or the company that I work with at the moment, um, that's such one example that Premium Nickel Resources, that's such a company that really embraces, you know, and embraces principles. And that is where really I saw the workings and the, and the words of Ray Dalio you know, being embraced and literally incorporated. And I'm very hopeful that the future is even brighter. And I can't wait to even see more young people being as enthusiastic, being as patient as I am to not give up on our principles for anything and for any benefit. And actually, when you look at the benefits or when you look at what you stand to benefit from doing a corrupt activity or being engaged in, in, in bribery or corrupt or, or a corrupt activity, you realize that it's far more expensive than that momentary value that you derive from that action. So uh, for me, there's always been the bigger picture. So I'll advise everybody to look at the bigger picture and just have principles and stay by them. Uh, you won't regret. The universe somehow just always makes sure that, you know, it caucuses and makes sure that it falls in line for you. So for me, it, it happened the same. I'm in a very good space where I am right now. Um, a young person in a, uh, running, you know, an ESNG department. And, uh, you know, it didn't come through bribery. I didn't have to sleep with anyone as, you know, as had the other previous, you know, other areas where people would make demands or anything like that. I didn't even have to prove myself that, listen, I, I, I promise you I can do that. I didn't have to fight because people looked at, they had principles, I had principles. They knew I'm qualified for the job. They knew I'm, I'm best placed for a job. And I know I deserve it. So I'm in a very, very good space. And I believe that I'm not the only one. There's many other young people out there who are good examples who didn't have to sleep with anybody to get a job. So, yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure a lot of young people um, are encouraged by your story and by your own example in life. So thank you. And thank you for all the hard work that you're doing. Um, thank you. Know, yeah, so Rasha, let's hear from you. So, uh, Shamil, that was very touching, actually. And I could, like, I can see your point of view and your perspective. I even felt like like I was in a new place because I've been through things also. And I've, I've honestly, um, I'm, like, before working in the field of governance and anti-corruption, I, I wasn't that invested in it. I wasn't I wasn't thinking, no, I have to do battle. It doesn't mean that I, I wasn't like, I had principles, I had my principles. Um, also, I would never like give a bribery. I would never um, interfere in a place that, or do something that I shouldn't do. I had very strong principles. But as I said, I wasn't that invested in fighting corruption. I was just like, okay, um, I'm not with it, but I'm not entirely against it. But then my mentality changed when I um, I worked for the authority and I like I worked on dozens and dozens of projects of governance and anti-corruption um, and with national and international organizations and partners. And what touched me when um, when I see people who are trying to fight corruption, who really believe that we can do this, people who are fed up with their government, with the corrupt system, with the way they're living, with the way they can't even afford to have to to have dinner or to afford to wear 
good clothes or even to send their kids to a good school or just live a normal basic life, nothing luxurious. But as I said, I, I felt touched. I even, especially um, when I mentioned the project with the kids earlier with the primary school and stuff, we, we went to, a, let's say, a provincial, kind of poor provincials in Tunisia. And I've seen what corruption can do. I've seen that on the on the seaside, people, kids, they were happier. But in the in, inner sides of Tunisia, there were like poverty. Kids there had different corruption cases, uh, different situations. And you can see that they are just fed up. Some of them just gave hope. And as I said, because it's a culture, some of them think that it's really smart if you can bribe someone and like make a shortcut, shortcut for, for to achieve something or just to, to accept bribery and live at least happy for a couple of months or whatever. But then I've seen people, young kids and even grown-ups who think that, no, this cannot continue. And honestly, I even worked on artistic workshops where kids would express themselves and how they see governance and corruption. And it was some of the, the works were just like mind blowing, you know, uh, sorry. It would, they would open your eyes to, think, to things. They were like, I didn't see this from my point of view before, but then you would think, I'm sorry, <laughs> just a second. <laughs> sorry, sorry, my cats. Anyway, so, um, as a, I know you're smiling, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, so uh, as I said, just say no to corruption. And I think young people are the ones that can do it. I mean, I've seen them doing it in a lot of places in, with a lot of corrupt cultures and acts, or not even corrupt, but acts they were not ethical and they shouldn't be done. And things that have been like going on for decades and decades, but they still like said no to it and they managed to defeat it. But I think we can defeat corruption. And personally, um, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to continue on this path. And I know it's going to take time. It's going to take effort. I might not even witness the consequences of my work in my life and uh, my life frame or lifetime. But I know that somebody's going to witness it. And I, I know I'm not the only one doing this, that there are like, I don't know, zillions of people doing this also without expecting a comeback or without expecting to be rewarded for their work. And I believe that's it. You should not be expected to, to be valued or to just have people praise you for doing something that is right. And honestly, that's it. <laughs> Honestly, that's it. I think, yeah, as long as you have good principles that will not change the point of view, like no matter what, when you go to sleep at night, you would think I did something good today or I tried to stop at least something that have like bad consequences on people, even one person. And that matters. So that's it. Thank you, thank you. Rasha is getting us emotional here, um, but thank you for your comments. Yeah, sorry, it's a very touching subject, and I know, I know at that point, like sometimes I think, okay, I maybe I should like stop a little bit and think about things and think about my future or think, I'm, I mean, but then I, I can't. I'm just I can't help it and be thinking no, this is this is the way for me. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you very much. Um, thank you for sharing those thoughts with us. So, Stella, your experiences. 
For me, I'm going to start with, with, with um, a foundational principle. Yeah. Uh, I, I happen to be a Christian, fervent Christian, practicing Christian, extreme believer. And uh, one of, I, I, I pick a lot of um, role models from the Bible. Uh, Jeremiah, when called to be a prophet, told the Lord that he's young. He does not know the way to speak. And uh, basically, he was saying he's not ready. Um, and he was basically saying he needs work before he gets to the place where he can actually engage in, 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 in his assignment. But he happens to be one of the biggest prophets who was used to speak the most difficult messages to Israel in the Bible and warned them about their conduct uh, uh, around the season when he became a prophet. So the first message that I have to young people is that they cannot call themselves too young. When the message is ready and packaged in your heart, in your mind, that's the time to speak. It doesn't matter whether you're nine years old or 89 years old. Once the message is ready and packaged in your mind, that's the time to speak. Mm -hmm. um, this anti-corruption work is partly a commitment and partly a calling because there are people who have come in as, 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 uh, as anti-corruption um, Caesars uh, as a commitment and they give up along the way. Those who survive the longest are people who are actually called to this assignment. Um, if only those who are called would take a long time to think about how best they can ensure their voices are consistently heard and they put consistent pressure on the people who need pressure. Big problems uh, uh, require big commitment. And uh, giving up along the way means that the problem will not be resolved. But one of the beauties of big problems is that as soon as you have found a system, a mechanism to reverse the problem, somewhere along the way when the, when the, when the scales tip, the problem actually solves itself. So with corruption, if you find a way to ensure that there's good governance, you will find people actually now aligning to good governance and forgetting about bribing. If you find a way to ensure that people get health services in the hospital, when they go to the hospital, they'll stop trying to bribe to get you know, access to medical services. Uh, if you find a way to make sure that elections are free and fair, people will be happy to participate for a short while and spend the rest of the day enjoying a free uh, day of work. But we have put ourselves in a situation where people are, have, are so used to a system that the, the, the skills have tipped towards um, corruption. And so for me, I, I would encourage young people by saying that if you invest some time and effort, eventually when you get the skills to tip, at some point you will actually be able to sit back and watch, you know, uh, uh, your work pay off. Um, there are certain processes in Kenya that are now being done in a very uh, straightforward manner. For example, the provision of, of national IDs. Um, uh, that was a process where young people needed to bribe to access national IDs. Yet, it is in accessing this ID that you get to participate in voting. But now the system has changed. You apply for an ID, you walk away for two weeks, and after two weeks, your national ID is ready. That process has really, really eased the application process. Even the system that has been set up has been free of corruption, but it took a president who committed himself to follow up and make sure that the centers created for this purpose called the Huduma Centers actually function well. Of course, when he took his eyes out of the Huduma Centers for a bit, there was a bit of corruption happening. So, of course, there's still work that needs to happen on the individuals. 
but at least a change happened. So big problems indeed require big commitments, but the commitments are for a short period and the outcomes, the results are long-term and beneficial to everyone. Has it been easy pushing for these things? No, it hasn't. Before I received, actually, first of all, uh, when, when I received the award for anti-corruption ambassador from uh, your president, um, and me, uh, His Excellency Buhari, um, by the time I was coming to receive that award, I had just come from receiving another um, international award for my work in tax justice and anti-corruption, the Bremen Solidarity Prize. I was the 15th laureate for this award. And one of the things that I, I, I pride myself in talking about this award is the fact that somebody in the world noticed that I had taken a stance against corruption and decided that I will never benefit from corruption. So sometimes you look like you're the, the, the drop in the ocean, but somebody is constantly watching, somebody is constantly seeing what you're doing. And young people just need to continue doing the right thing and eventually someone will notice. We don't do it to get noticed. We do it because we believe in a good system, we believe in a quality system. Number two, for me, being being recognized as an anti-corruption youth ambassador for East Africa when I was, and receiving the Bremen uh, Solidarity Prize, was an announcement to me that the sacrifices that I went through as a child were not in vain. Like Shamil, I had struggles in my life before that, that uh, um, cemented my conviction against corruption. I grew up in one of the largest slums in Kenya and in Africa. Um, I, I watched, I, I wasn't, uh, you know, the poorest of people in that slum. Um, but then I watched people live in squalor every day. I watched uh, people begging for basic things like a meal. I watched people going without a meal and sleeping very comfortably and waking up to play and enjoy themselves as if they did not sleep hungry. But for me, very early in life, I also got access to, to the higher echelons of society. I got into high-level conversations that honestly I had no business being in. And I got to do a comparative analysis of this life that this group of people were living and the life that we had to go through in the place where I grew up. And one of the things I, I am very clear about is that the cost of corruption is too high. When you calculate the, the cost at instance, it looks cheap because you're only bribing $10, $20 to get your passport out. But eventually when those resources are not available in the form of tax to provide services to people who live in the slums, like the one I grew up in, people go hungry. People miss school. Those people miss opportunities. They come into the marketplace with some of us who have had access to a good education and they have to compete for the same opportunities with us. You know, it perpetuates an unfairness that has been ongoing for so long. It perpetuates perpetuates an inequality that has existed for so long, and it becomes a vicious cycle. So understanding the, the and the, I think this is where Shamil started in this conversation, understanding the magnitude of the problem, understanding how many people get affected by one small act of corruption, you know, actually gets someone to actually commit themselves better to the fight against corruption. But it also, it also sets aside some of, of the, 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 the pushbacks. When I received the, the Bremen Solidarity Prize, someone in one of the forums in uh, Berlin whispered in my ear and told me that I need to tone down on how I mentioned the big wigs and, you know, and, 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 and because apparently I received the backlash 
and corrupt. And this is an experienced human. I, I, I would hate to mention his name here because he's quite achieved a lot in the area in the fight against corruption in this in this world. And you see, th that's when it hits you that that when you think you have broken the ceiling for the fight against corruption, the ceiling has just been reconstructed, you know. And so so and and the advice he gave me was useful because some of the forces against uh, promoting corruption are very powerful forces and they could come for your life, you know. So one of the things that young people must do is to be like first aiders, put your safety first and then provide uh, uh, safety for everybody else against the, 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 the ghost of corruption. Number two is that when you're told to tone down, it basically means that, there's, that there are people in the market who are regulating the speed with which this corruption will be fought. So the ability to sit down and monitor a moment that, that where the, the prefects are not present and, and rage in the battle against corruption is critical. So for me, the opportunities we normally have to speak to young people in the community where there's no government, there's nobody here, we just get to speak to them from the bottom of our hearts. Those are the moments for us to rage. Those are the moments for us to mobilize an army, for us to charge young people against corruption. Because you know when you invite government, they will be pushed back. When you invite corporates, they will be pushed back. How do we identify those moments where we are alone, where we're speaking to you know, um, the tribe and convince them that we must make more noise about this? You know, the platforms where we organize the conversations that then eventually manifest in social media as a pushback against a, a, a corrupt official. Let us ensure that those platforms exist and are thriving with vibrant conversations. Why? Because we must fight this corruption vice according to how it manifests itself. Corruption is cooked in secret. It is implemented in secret. The impact is seen publicly. So we must also ensure that our, our battle against corruption, to a certain extent, mimics the enemy. You will not fight an enemy who's hiding in the grass and wearing camouflage and come in, dressed in white and, and, and opening up yourself in public. Uh, and, and so as young people, I don't know whether this, this statement makes sense, I can see Shamil laughing, but basically we need to find a way of, 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 of ensuring that then we are a formidable army against against this this vibe. The other thing has got to do with lost opportunities. And and I I felt Shamil when she spoke, I felt uh, uh, Russia when she was talking about the experiences of young people in, in, in Tunisia Tunisia and generally North Africa. It it is a similar case here. I I have had many opportunities to be invited to speak on many platforms. The moment I register my stance on corruption, there are many platforms that I have lost and lost permanently. Some platforms where I was speaking to be paid very good money, but I lost permanently because, well, you are not addressing corruption the way we want you to address it. We didn't ask you to come and, you know, we just said, just come and say something so that we look like we're doing something, you know? And, and, and you see, for a young mind, you're looking for opportunities to change things and change, change things and change them quickly. So you arrive there and you're being puritan about, you know, how you approach corruption and the battle against corruption. And then you find people who are not happy to name and shame. I personally am not averse to naming and shaming. I've done it in the corporate world. And if the next person gives me a platform and there's somebody to name and shame, I name and shame them. You know, in my trips around that country, every time I mentioned it, everyone was like, oh, my God, 
I'm going to write a letter to my legislator to ask them to ask a question on the floor of the house. That's the kind of reaction you need. That is why you name and shame these people, so that somebody is going to go and hold them accountable. The parliament has the audacity, the capacity, and the strength to ask. Now, one of the things that I need to remind the youth about is the ability to know when you have power and when you're able to transfer this power to people who have more power. What am I saying? We will have to be as wise as serpents when you're engaging in this fight against corruption. I say we should be as wise as serpents because we must identify our places of power and identify other spots of power that we do not operate in, but we can be able to take advantage of. You know, invite different groups to take different parts of the battle so that they can be able to, to consolidate power around the scene. But I think for me, the most important thing, and it's something I think Shamil mentioned, is identifying like-minded people. You know, the ability to know that Fer and me is engaging in the same battle in Nigeria, Russia is engaging in the same battle in, 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 um, in North Africa, in, uh, and, and Shamil is also engaging in the same battle in, in Southern Africa, makes the entire difference. The ability to realize that the struggles that Shamil is facing with Sadek are the same struggles that I'm facing with the East African community encourages me on a daily basis to continue with these works. But then the last thing that we must do is something very personal that you must manage your appetite. When you know you're going to lose opportunities, one of the things you must do is accept that not every opportunity will come to you and you will lose some that you genuinely deserve. You know, Manage your appetite, ensure that even when you fall at, at the point of losing those opportunities, you don't cry too much. Pick yourself up, continue. As Shamil has said, uh, um, at the end of the day, God is watching what you're doing and he knows that you're trying to do things right and he will reward you. For, for your sacrifice. At the end of the day, someone will see and in the end, someone will reward you for, for, for your uprightness. And uh, in terms of paying forward, I have seen corrupt individuals whose wealth has gotten lost at their death because a corrupt individual must work very hard to keep their wealth. So immediately they, 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 they you know, uh, give the inheritance to their families and they leave. Their families start experiencing serious fights. There's a corrupt gentleman in Kenya who died. We used to call him the total man. And until now, his family has refused his wealth because of how much castigation we have received over that wealth. They are busy donating it, giving it, I don't know, to the best teachers in the country. They have refused to use his wealth. So sometimes you think you're working for your future generations and then eventually they actually come to judge you for what you have done. So for me, it's about ensuring that as you're paying forward, knowing that your investment will go to your children and your great-grandchildren. If you acquire your wealth legally, your great-grandchildren will pay for it. If you acquire it legally, you, you hand them over something that is bigger than money. You hand them over a name. Because what is the value of having so much money, being so wealthy, and as soon as people hear your name, they don't even want to associate with you because of how much corruption they, they think you have engaged in. You subject your grandchildren who don't even understand the government system to such ridicule by the state that they're not able to exist fully in a society where they should enjoy. I personally want my children to live in a society that appreciates them, a society that celebrates them, a society that says your mother did a great job of fighting corruption and so we are happy to associate with you. You know, a good, the, 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 the Bible that I read frequently says a good name is better than than any you know uh, wealth so if 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 you can acquire a good name to open doors for you to access everything yeah
the moment you are engaged in corruption, your name is as valuable as the system in which your corruption is tolerated. As soon as the system changes, trouble ensues. You know, uh, for me, if 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 the sons and daughters of of, of your current president show up in a conversation after the uh, um, um, uh, the dispensation has changed in Nigeria, one of the things that is going to happen to them is that they're going to struggle tremendously. They're going to struggle, and some of them may have made their wealth genuinely. It will all be tabbed as corrupt yeah, wealth. Yeah. You saw the, 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 the Maria de Santos, the, son, the daughter of the uh, uh, former president of Angola. I mean, you're moving around the world and you're being chased everywhere. It's possible that some of the wealth was corruptly acquired, but you basically inherit a problem that you really can't deal with. And for me, I I think it's 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 a value and it's something worth working for to 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 inherit your children a good name and 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 a free life a life of liberty i'll stop there yeah thank you thank you stella thank you for helping us to conclude this conversation um with such powerful thoughts i'm sure our listeners have a lot to think about um from listening to this and i thank you all for your time just reflecting on all that you've said um, and how I think in Nigeria and in West Africa, a lot of young people are just tired um, because I, I feel like one of the countries in the world where people still in billions and trillions, there are unbelievable amounts of money. Um, and that has what also led to young people thinking, well, I'm going to have to get my own cuts because it seems like this is the system in the country. Um, so it's just an encouragement that we have people all over Africa experiencing the same hardships and downturn that we are. And a reminder that if we all join hands together, if Stella does what she's supposed to do and Rasha does and, and Shamil does and Fermi does, then one after the other, we're building an army, like you said, an army of people who mobilize other young people in their countries and all over Africa to ensure that we have um, countries and a continent that we are proud of, um, that we can live in and that has really reduced levels of corruption. So um, thank you, Stella. Thank you, Rasha. Thank you, Shamil. Any other final comments before I wrap up? Okay, Rasha has something to say. Yeah. Yes. Now, um, I just want to say that we can beat corruption. And I just want to say to young people out there, if somebody can do that, it is definitely you. It is definitely us. We can change things. It's not impossible. We can make our countries places that we are happy to live and to be born and continue to live in. And I know they said no to so many wrong things and acts, and I'm sure they can also say no to corruption and stop it. And thank you, thank you all. Thank you, girls. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you all. Thank you. Yeah, so I would like um, our listeners to follow you guys on social media. So if you'd please let us know your social media accounts, um, the ones where they can follow your thoughts. Um, and sort of reach out to you if they have any questions if they are from your region and they want to reach out see how they can partner so um stella how can our listeners follow you on social media or how can they reach out to you so so um my, my handle on twitter is at nyaragar um that is n-y-a-r-a-g-a-r-a -A -A. um i I'm on Facebook as Stella Gara, but I'm not very active on that platform, especially because of some of the malpractices on the platform. Um, I am also on Instagram as Adnyar Agara or Stella Agara. Um, um, and 
basically, you know, those are the platforms that I do engage on, on the conversations on, on uh, uh, corruption. So they can definitely reach me there. I respond to inbox messages within 24 hours. So I should be able to, to respond to them if there's anything that we must uh, discuss or work on together. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Stella. Rasha, how can our listeners follow you? Um, so, yeah, they can either reach me on Facebook, uh, Rasha Hamesi, as it's written R R A C H A, Hamesi, I don't know how, <laughs> K H A double M A double S E, or they can find me on, or they can also email me on Hamesi Rasha, uh, Rasha with that nest this time. Uh, R-I-S-H-A uh, dot gmail.com Okay, thank you. Feel free to reach out to me and ask any questions or whatever, if I can help. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so let's hold up for, I think Shamil had to drop off. Uh, so thank you all for listening. You can continue to follow the work that Step Up Nigeria does on Twitter um, and Instagram at step underscore up underscore Nigeria. And we're on Facebook, um, LinkedIn and TikTok um, and YouTube at Step Up Nigeria. I'm Ferami Inoda. Um, you can reach me on social media as Ferami Adela everywhere um, on social media as well. So thank you. Okay. Um, Shamil typed, but she's not back. Um, so you can follow Shamil on, I believe, Twitter and uh, this Twitter at Shamil Agosi, that's S-H-A-M-I-L-A-G-O-S-I, one word on Twitter. So that's how you can reach out to Shamil if you want to have any further conversations with her. I thank you all again for your time and for a lot of reflections. I think I had got to the point where I was getting, you know, a bit weary in this fight, seeing as the Nigerian elections are coming up and, you know, all of that has been happening. But I've been so encouraged myself by um all your comments and all your thoughts so this is why you know iron needs to sharpen iron and i really enjoyed this thank you again Rasha, and thank you stella we should do this more often most absolutely yeah, so-